0: Hello, my name is Steven Smith, the owner of 3 Pi Squared, and this is the ABA Business Leaders Podcast. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our membership program. 3 Pi Squared has helped over 700 ABA practices start up and expand. Our membership has over 45 hours of content from experts in the fields of law, accounting, diversity and inclusion, childhood development, mindfulness, business development, HIPAA compliance, marketing and branding, billing, and more. We also have discounts on things like our three Pi Squared handbooks, professional liability insurance, background checks, HIPAA compliant email, contacts, calendars, and cloud storage. The membership also includes 33 CEUs, live Ask Us Anything events, where you can come on and ask your questions as you're going through the program. And in our app, you can also add anonymous questions and get your answers. To learn more about the membership, please go to our website, www3 2com and click on ABA Business Leaders. And now, let's get to the episode. we're gonna be talking about our mindfulness program. And so before we get into the presentation, we're gonna talk about, there's one podcast that I did earlier, it was probably in December. And so I would highly recommend checking that one out. It was from um, Professor Dr. Christopher Liddy, I believe he's out of Providence University. And like this is one of the main things he does is implements and researches mindfulness in the workplace and and the effect that mindfulness programs can have in the workplace. And what he was suggesting in the paper that him and his colleagues um, submitted about maybe six months ago, uh, was that just giving someone a mindfulness program and assuming that that is going to benefit the company or benefit the culture of the company or make any kind of changes that, that would benefit both employees and the company is not gonna cut it. So we really need to change our policies and procedures and our culture in the company um, to really see any added benefit to this. So I would definitely check his podcast out and we will, in the comments, put a link to this. Um, so you can you can uh, listen to that one and then the other thing that we uh recommend you know is grounding it, it's great we have a podcast on that it's just a bonus meditation it, i think it's like four minutes and so that's something that we implemented at meetings before sessions you know things uh, you know, of that nature when you're transitioning from one one mm-hmm. thing to another okay. it yeah. can be very helpful just my, to take a moment yeah,
1: my staff like to call it like a uh, uh, reset like uh Just a moment to reset or just a moment to center yourself before moving on to the next thing. Um, So, yeah.
0: Okay. So let's get into the presentation again. Um, Yeah. So we need to change the workplace. So workers all across the country, and it's not just workers, it's owners, it's, you know, us, right? Like owning a company, we were all stressed and burnt out, some of us are depressed, and really the operational methods of the company um, are are just impeding employee and owner's health. And what this does is it has an effect on retention. Um, Morale is low, uh, turnover rates are high, and you know, significant change is needed. It's not just about a self-care program, right? Like we can't just have self-care Tuesdays, right? Um, it, that's not going to work. And and again, that's really what uh, Dr. Liddy's podcast was all about. His paper was all about was Understanding that just having a self care program is not going to cut it. We really need to change the culture of the company to promote health and well being. There just has to be a significant change. So we do have our own mindfulness program. We worked with a lot of different people, cultural competency experts. We worked with mindfulness experts, psychologists. Uh, Like I said, we worked with Dr. Liddy on this and we really came up with, I feel like a solid mindfulness program. Um, And the, the intention behind this is to provide a safe workplace and to promote openness and curiosity. By providing this, we have more open feedback people feel like their opinion matters because it does and and you'll see that things start to change for the better and and one of the other things that dr liddy was talking about in his podcast is that he found that ethics was higher when when mindfulness was Mm -hmm. implemented in a better way right because it was more open there was more uh communication was allowed or at least the idea there was this sense that it was allowed, right? Right. Um, So, you know, you can have an open door policy and and while the door may be open, people don't feel like it is. So, you know, implementing this effectively can really help the team in a lot of ways.
1: Right, and our, you know, we were, we started this with our team in 2019. And so we were lucky to have a good base of this before everything right. hit in 2020. Um, so prior to March, 2020, we had already, we were already working on, um, you know, values and, and doing mindfulness and grounding and all these pieces. And it was really such great timing. And I'm glad we were able to get this base because it helped us. We were able to kind of build on that during like at all the upset of in March and April, especially. And then even like the of it as we were growing weary and tired of all the pivoting we we did already have like a base to kind of right. build on um and and give that we kind of you know we even took that and like did a few extra things just for like morale boosting and just you know to, just to help us out through all of the difficulty through the pandemic stuff but it was nice to have that base and so I'm very very grateful that we had that to build off right. of.
0: And and the staff had that base too, yeah. right? Like they had a program where they could go out and, and use it and had some tools that maybe mm-hmm. they wouldn't have otherwise right right? so it can really help the whole team and so in our program in particular right and we'll we'll talk about you know implementing a program in general but with our program what we do initially is we collect baseline data using our surveys to assess your company's culture and then what we're going to try and do um, is going to pinpoint areas of focus, right? So there are just gonna be some things that are really obvious or easier to implement and we're gonna try and do those first. So, you know, and we'll use our policies and procedures Uh, for things like daily mindful check-ins, device addiction policies, burnout awareness, and so much more. And then we also have a meditation process um, that has been used in the medical industry and, and it's actually being reimbursed by some funders. Um, as a treatment for PTSD. So this particular meditation is trauma sensitive and it has been researched for years. So we know it works and and that's why we chose it because it, it, it's a great, foundation to work from and then as you grow and your team learns and you know, you know you can add to it but this is a great starting point for a team where you know we don't know if there's trauma going on right like All right. i and mean so and sometimes you don't even know yeah, until you know like right? you're an individual exactly. person yeah. so, so it's a very safe so yeah you know, so way. so we really like that it's so safe and and again it's secular right so uh, we're not introducing any kind of religion into it or something like this but why, why are we gonna do this, right? And this is why we did it, right? Like to decrease burnout. Um, and, and increase workplace satisfaction. And the goal of doing that means we have a decreased turnover. And one of the calculators that we have on our website, I believe it posted today in the group, but you can check it out is like, how much do I lose? Like, what is the, what is the cost of losing an RBT? This is just an RBT. So on average, it's around six to $7,000 when you account for, you know, how many billable hours you lost, the cost of training, Right. So this is this is a huge expense. So we need to decrease this. And and that's just expenses. Let's not talk about loss of hours for the client, right? Quality of services. If you lose a tech with two or three years of experience and you go to someone that's brand new, I think we all can agree that there's going to be a loss of of, of like expertise and more than likely some quality is lost in that too. So How can we reduce this, right? More
1: time for the supervisors and the trainers. Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
0: like they're, they're having to retrain the staff on programs. Maybe they're adjusting programs. This means acquisition rate may suffer because we're having to adjust the programs for the the staff not the client in some ways even just
1: the pairing process that the client has to get used to a new tech yeah Yeah. and
0: so i mean switching texts there's lots of good reasons why you would want to do that right but there there is certainly loss right you you
1: want to be able to plan for it Absolutely, (laughs) you You want to be able to plan for it when it's like therapeutically appropriate for your your client not you know not having any notice and (laughs) all of a sudden an hour before the session starts so we have no tech anymore. Yes.
0: And so, you know, th- there's been some research on this. So, you know, there was a study conducted in Pennsylvania where researchers found that 43% of nurses who reported high levels of burnout indicated their intent to leave their current position. And only 11% of nurses that were not burned out who um, had no intention of leaving their company in the next 12 months. So burnout can be you know, pretty well correlated, I guess, to satisfaction of, of work and the possibility of turnover. So just something to keep in mind. And then... There was a study done on a company in Detroit, and they instituted a regular meditation sessions at their chemical manufacturing firm. And in three years, they they saw that um, absenteeism went down by eighty five percent, productivity rose by one hundred twenty percent, injuries dropped, sick days fell, and profits soared. So there is a lot of research out there on the benefits to the company mm-hmm. of implementing a mindfulness program, but I will tell you that that is not our intention, that is not our goal, right? So, uh, the goal of our program is to help staff, right? Is that help staff and, and and change the culture of the company.
1: I, I was just going to say, um, you know, back to that, we, we did find, like, looking at the, like, um, absenteeism and things like that, <laughs> like the calling out, mm-hmm. and we did Found find within our team that as we implemented this, we had more people coming to us asking for like mental health days or, hey, I've had, you know, things have been really tough with this particular client. I've worked a lot of hours the last few weeks. I'm feeling that I need a day off. What was so good about that was that, there again, it was a planned thing, right? Versus like someone going and going and right. going, and then they call in the morning of a few minutes before the session or whatever, even the day before the session. I'm sick. I- I'm not coming into work today. Versus a planned thing of hey, I'm I'm feeling like I'm feeling like I'm starting to run on empty. I, I need I need a day. Um, and so sure, we were able to plan that and and give that and and then you know we had a planned absence right. um right. which was a lot which less is, stressful yes, for everyone absolutely
0: yeah and so you know the results are scientifically proven so this particular again this meditation that is part of our mindfulness program uh, they have over 30 research studies proving its effectiveness it's been used in industries such as healthcare, the military, to reduce stress, anxiety, and PTSD, while increasing resilience and sleep. And and like, man, when when you don't have sleep, uh, everything is worse, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely, um, definitely having more sleep um, is greatly appreciated. Okay. And so again, this particular meditation practice that we're using in our system, how does it work? It's like a neural training regimen is what they, they are calling it. So it targets brain plasticity. Um, And then sensory motor enhancements, limbic system, amygdala down regulation. Um, And I'm not going to read the rest of that so you all can read it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it just fosters self-regulation. As we said, you know, Dr. Liddy's study also showed this. But ethical decision making, I think that that in itself is worth it. Right? But then also developing empathy, and I would say healthy empathy, um, because in this field, I think like a lot of us are very empathetic to a flaw right like to a detriment to yourself so it's also adding in that self-compassion well-being and resilience to piece of it so it's not just give me it all right i'll take everybody's feelings but it's also Mm -hmm. understanding i also need to have empathy for myself Mm -hmm. right and and i think that is a really important piece of it So now we're getting into, um, you know, okay, what do leaders need to do um, for the company, right? And and really, how how does leadership set this up for the company to be successful? as leaders, you are going to be setting the field, right? Um, Your people will only be open to trying this if you're okay with trying it. So like a good example is like, if you're like, okay, let's do a a short meditation or mindfulness uh, before meetings, and you're over in the corner with your eyes open, and you know, you're twiddling your thumbs, just kind of Impatiently waiting for the counter to go down, no one in that room is going to feel comfortable doing it, right? So even if that is the policy, that's the rule, we're going to do this. There's definitely well, going to be feel resistance, odd, yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, it's just not
1: going to feel so, comfortable, probably. And, and
0: that's just an extreme example, but really, the leadership team has to be on board with this, right? Like, if you all are not on board with it, then this isn't going to work, right? Like, it's just not. So we need we need buy-in from leadership so that the staff feel okay, that this is okay, like my, like um, like taking a day for mental health or self-care or whatever you want to call it. If that's the policy, but we know if we do that, we're gonna feel the, re- the the repercussions of it. We're gonna have to work on Saturday or we're gonna have to work on Sunday, or you know, it's only going to mean that by taking that day, it's gonna be worse, then no one's gonna take the day, right? They're just gonna power through um, and and do their best and, and not take advantage of this. So and then
1: call in sick. Yeah,
0: and then call in sick. So so it really, we have to show that we're on board with this, and that we're promoting um, using th- the tools that we're we're trying to implement. So mm-hmm. you know, to reap the benefits of the program or a program, leaders uh, leaning in is key. So what are the benefits? We've already discussed the benefits a little bit, but again, the key here is reduce turnover and increase in staff satisfaction. Uh, the hope is to reduce anxiety, to reduce sick time, to a uh, reduction in stress. And if that results in an increase in productivity, great, right? But um, the the increase in productivity is really not my biggest concern, right? It's the reduction In anxiety and stress, and the increase in staff satisfaction. I think that that is really where the intention needs to be. And then, what what benefits we see from that, you know, great, right? That's the icing on the cake. Uh, Another uh, research paper found that, you know, absenteeism fell by 85%, productivity rose by 120%, injuries dropped, sick days fell. There was a decrease in stress. There was an improvement in quality of sleep, and a reduction in pain. So, like, there are a lot of really good reasons why we should do this.
1: And in, uh, in our small, in our small agency, um, what I decided to do was—I um, know this is like ABA business leaders group all together—but I chose not to just put the responsibility in the leaders. Right. We made a leadership team. And so um, we um, were about, I don't know, close to 10 years old, and we had quite a few techs had, that had been with us for years. And um, so we had a couple of BCBAs, we had someone in our admin staff, and we had a couple of techs. And we made a leadership team, and then we like kind of shared that responsibility mm-hmm to uh model this into and also so that everyone within the company had kind of like a peer level person they could also go to as well
0: right and you definitely want a team of influencers right yeah. and these don't this leadership in this sense is not like Okay, we're talking about directors and and lead BCBAs mm-hmm. and owners, but we're talking just like you said, right? Yeah. We want a team of leaders that are going to help promote this and and make it okay and accepted in the yeah. in the company. And,
1: and that's why too. we just we, we you know brought in okay. admin staff and techs and every you know all levels within the company right. um, so that it wasn't just a top down type thing too. Right. So.
0: And then, you know, we want to start off with compassion, right? Compassion for yourself. And I would like to invite all of you watching this to give yourself just a little bit of gratitude. Uh, gratitude, something that I have trouble working with, but like, man, this is a tough job, right? And so give yourself some gratitude for what you do. This is really, hard and like recognize that you are literally changing you know the world for for the better right like you are helping you know some of the most vulnerable uh people in 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 the world right and so like this is huge this is literally it's life changing what we're doing here right and so while it is great and there's a lot of passion uh it's also super stressful right and so the idea here is that we want to reduce some of that stress so that perhaps we might feel some joy, right? Like in- increasing joy and gratitude and hopefully decreasing the stress, right? So one thing that I have found personally, but like across the board when I'm working with leaders on this, uh, something that, that is critical for leadership to see is that you yourself, you're good enough just the way you are when you drop the to do list, you forget about the email, the tasks, all the priority lists. When all of that is gone, you are good enough and perfect just the way you are. And, and that's not a gimmick, even though I'm laughing at it as I say it. Right. It's, it's still to this day hard to say that uh, to myself. But my hope for this program is that through that you can feel that a little bit more. Because I will tell you, like, if you don't feel good enough, if you're burnt out, if you're stressed, it's gonna be really hard for your team to not be in that same position. And then, you know, what we're gonna need to do is we wanna focus and commit to just a few things. We don't want to say, okay, here's the 59 things that you can do and mindfulness that, and we're gonna tick them off, right? We just wanna focus on a couple, and this is gonna help everyone. And, and so if you have, like, 20 or 30 priorities or hundreds of priorities, uh, this isn't going to work. So we need a way that we can say no. Right. Can you right now say no? And so we want to focus on just one or two things. Multitasking is horrible. It is terrible. And there's really no such thing as multitasking. So multitasking... Uh, based on research has been shown to reduce IQ by like 20%. Um, so it's it's not a good idea to multitask if at all possible. And then, you know, if we worry too much about like uh, past mistakes or future problems, we're, we're just, and we're not spending that time in the present moment, um, you know, we're, we're gonna miss out on, on some stuff. So, you know, We talk about things that you can do to help save time in mindful living. And that's something that will be posted. No, it was this week. Uh, That was our podcast this week. Yeah, it was last week, last Friday. So you can check that one out. Um, We link that into last Friday's self-care post. So check that out. There are a lot of really good tips in there. Uh, But, like, even if you can save like 15 minutes of time, right, just doing some things a little differently, that's a lot of time over a week, right? So, you know, and then imagine how much time that is over a year. So, and then if you combine that over multiple staff, now we're talking a lot less, uh, you know, we're a lot more productive. And then, you know, as part of any of implementing any process like this, we want to know what the values of the team are. So what is the value of of the company and then how are we going to use those values in the leadership team? Right. What are we currently promoting? And are they effective? Is this really what we want to promote? Or is this like if all we're worrying about is billable hours, are we promoting mindfulness and self-care? Probably not. It's what are our values of the company and what are we promoting and are they effective? And then a, a question that I like to ask people is, you know, as leaders, am I positively impacting the lives of my staff? And how are you doing that? So that's a great question to ask your leadership team, right? Each individual can can share, but you know, how am I positively impacting the lives of my staff? So compassion, mindfulness, selflessness, you'll keep your team longer as well. Wow, like we we've seen it, right? And you're gonna bring productivity up. You're gonna bring creativity up. So one of the things that I think can help the team across the board but is performance management is uh, get rid of evaluations right like now some funders require that you do evaluations every six months or a year so you got to keep your standard evaluations at least somewhat intact but if you can more
1: of like your skill set type evaluations but but
0: like like trying to move (laughs) to like a weekly feedback or bi-weekly feedback Oh man, like that, that's super helpful. Um, like the feedback that I got from my employees, um, when I when I moved to that was tremendous, right? Because the doors are actually open, right? They do feel um, like they're getting time with you, and they that their opinion does matter when when it's open communication, and it's more often, and it's not just oh you didn't do that thing right, right, or, or at least that's not the sense that they're getting, right. And so this does take a little bit of time for everyone to feel comfortable and get into this new system. But I will say that I remember when I had a job at one point in my life. <laughs> this is like seven years ago, but like like we would do these 6 months evals right and like i i would just like a month up to it right like that that month before it uh, i would just be like oh god what are we going to do in here right like what what are what are they going to say what 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 am i not doing right and then it's very you
1: know anxiety yeah, super super
0: super anxiety right and then and then after you know during and after i'd be angry because i didn't get like the kudos that I thought I should or I didn't get the raise that I thought I should right and so it's like it's just this never-ending six-month year eval right and and
1: when we started you know my company my ABA practice um that's what we did and and the feedback and you'll probably talk about this in any minute but mm -hmm. like some of the feedback that we would get or even just experience that I would have in those sometimes uncomfortable meetings was like Oh, I had no idea. Right. You know, right. and so it's right. like if you have yes. more regular, often feedback in that more I don't want to say casual environment, but like a little bit more casual, yes. like more open, um, where there's like compassion there and you're like focusing on your values and you're being mindful and you ground before you go into yep. it and all of those things, then um you you have that chance for that like professional relationship and that like being able to give that feedback, um and also to accept feedback as mm-hmm. a leader as mm-hmm. well. And it it didn't sneak up on you and and people were able to you know adjust and learn on a more like day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean the defensiveness drops, right? And and like there's just more empathy allowed in the room and that's on both sides, right? So your staff can have empathy for you and see, wow, okay, maybe this is a tough position and and like uh, and then there's that empathy for for you, for the the staff member. It's just a different experience, right? It just
1: kind of changes the, yeah. the feel of the yeah. environment. There's,
0: it's just more open, right? It's just more open communication. And so if we move to that more informal feedback, right? And there's like, we even have recommendations, do it in nature, right? On a walk, right? If you have a park close to your clinic, or if you can set these up, or you can... Go to a park and, you know, sit at a table and and just bounce ideas, like obviously HIPAA, right? But like if we can do this without that stuff, that that can be really helpful. And then reducing our evaluations uh, using skill acquisition can also be very helpful. We're going to do one on skill acquisition in a couple weeks, I believe. And then that creates a real time tracking system. And this can be helpful for everyone to see that. And this can be real time for skill acquisition or goals, but it can also be real time for raises as well. So they can see, okay, at my next eval, you know, my next six month eval, I'm gonna get this raise. That can be super helpful. And then open communication is not just the doors open, come in, but it's open communication. And this is feedback in any directions, right? So this is feedback from staff and admin to managers and managers to staff and admin. So, like, we really wanna, again, we're promoting a safe work environment. Uh, and we need all staff to feel at every level that their voice is important and that leaders are open to critical feedback. So I know like my experience of management, it's not that way, right? What What's the... It rolls downhill. Is that not what the the expression is, right? And so management is typically not seen as being able to criticize. But like I will tell you, if we can all be open to some critical feedback, it can be very helpful. It can open up to curiosity. It can lead to growth. And then we decrease our defensiveness. And and that uh, lessens the anger and resentment across the board uh, with the team and then reducing evaluations can be very helpful you know again smaller ongoing meetings and a more informal process and we can still have goals while we do that, right? And too much feedback and one sitting is never a good idea. Um, and really, like I found, again, my experience in those, the, the, the entire purpose of the meeting is lost, right? Like it's just, there's so much uh, feedback that there's no communication, right? It's just, okay, here's a checklist. And, and there really isn't any open communication. So what do we want to promote? So this again is something that your team is going to have to come up with. So something that we like to try to find when we're working with teams is finding the kindness disruptors and training them to lead. So again, they may not be the lead BCBA, they may not be the director of operations, but they may be leading the mindfulness program, right? They may be one of the leaders, like uh, letting everyone know when the next meditation's gonna be, what are we gonna do for self-care next month, right? Things like this, and they're, they're promoting it and they're leading it. This is a, a good way to train maybe techs or admin staff to, to take on some leadership roles.
1: So, so Stephen, what do you mean by kindness disruptors?
0: So, like...
1: <laughs> Not to put you on the spot. No, no, I mean... I mean I'm assuming like, you mean, like, just, like, maybe the people who aren't maybe buying into this, or maybe they're causing a little drama, or... No, you no, You haven't so, figured out the function of that yet, but you just want to kind of get the, their buy-in, yeah,
0: or... No, really, it's, like, the kindness disruptors are the people that are kind in the office. So, oh. like so they if we put them into leadership right and we okay. teach them how to lead okay so so they would teach the the program so these would be the people that are into mindfulness or they're okay. they're into compassion and empathy already right so if we can take someone that already has some base in this versus uh, I'm BCBA supervisor and I do not accept criticism and I only want you to be heard when I tell you to speak right not like that so I'm,
1: BCBA No, I'm not saying that that's like that. but I'm
0: just saying giving okay, you an example I see. so like, so what like you let's were saying, let's not have that person mm-hmm. lead the mindfulness program right we're going right. to we're going to have someone else that may already have some kind of a base in, in gotcha. promoting empathy, curiosity, compassion, and we're going to train them how to lead. Gotcha. Right. And well, so kind of like
1: how we did in our company, yeah. like we had all levels. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Right. And so this is part of it. Right. So who can be the kindness disruptors in your team? Right. Who Who are the most curious of your team? Right. Who do you find in your team that are just They can give any kind of feedback and everyone after that conversation is over is like, oh, that was so wonderful, (laughs) right? Like like someone like that to put in that position is going to be a way more value, right? Than someone that is maybe more of an introvert and maybe isn't okay with criticism and isn't happy about giving feedback, right? So someone like that is going to help you here a little bit better, right? And so, you know, when when we're trying to promote curiosity, for example, we're asking a lot of open-ended questions. If we're trying to promote failure and mistakes, we're trying to frame them in a different way, so maybe we're calling them near wins, right? How do we promote that, right? So maybe leadership is sending out an email at the end of the week and saying, look at what I just did, right? Like, you know, this is the mistake I made. We post this in the Facebook group, right? But how do we frame our mistakes and failures as opportunities to learn right, right. so having like this, a growth mind yeah absolutely and then again this coming from a leadership point like from from the leadership team just opens up the entire staff to say wow look they're just telling us what they messed up right and it it, it adds some humanity um it, it opens up things up right that hey we're all perfectly imperfect right um, and, and we celebrate the little wins, the first steps and anything at all that can promote positivity. Right. When we're when we're working with these, quote unquote, mistakes. Right. Um, and then we're promoting our company values. Right. And so, again, having your own company values, is super important. And then what we want to do is then have our staff find out their values so that we can then use the staff's values and the company's values and when when these two are kind of married together uh man this can like this can be really amazing right so um these are the things that we want to set up and want to promote you got anything on that
1: yeah i know i mean that was bringing values into our company was probably One of the biggest things I ever brought into my, and I know you have like a whole, you have a whole training on this and I could spend a long time talking about this, but it's, um, it was huge. Mm -hmm. You know, we all, you know, values based, like talking about it's one thing and, you know, I don't want to make over generalizations, but from my team at the time that we were working together, really sitting down, working together as a group giving space to honor your own values and, and examine mm-hmm. where you are in that, right? Like your own core values and what's important to you. And then offering that invitation for them to come into the team and like shine within their value. Like, so right. maybe if they're, one of their value is giving, like service, like wanting to be helpful, mm-hmm. you know, giving them the opportunity to lead a project, right. you know, or to bring whatever their value is into the workplace to give them that What's the word I'm looking for? Like that, not happiness, but that like fulfillment, yeah, I mean, totally, like fu- yes, like totally fulfillment. And I know there's, this is also like in all of your values, information that you have, but like sometimes that can even, I can't remember the exact data, but sometimes that can even mean more than a monetary oh, for sure. like raise, yeah. right? Yeah. Like more money is like when you're being able to fulfill like your own core values and bring that to work and work with that. And you have purpose and you have a sense of accomplishment within like what's very important to you. And then we were able to like come together as a group and form our core company values and, and work together with that. And those were some of the, I don't know. It was just like the best thing ever. You know, it's like, man, It's like one of those things you learn and you grow and you change. But, you know, like eight years into my company, we implemented that. And I was like, wow, I wish I would have known that starting out because this was like amazing. But, yeah, I mean, I could talk. I'm very passionate about this part of it. I could talk about it for a long time, but it really just kind of helped bring us together and give us a sense of purpose and. And also highlighting each, like the individuality within the team. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, like a good example of this could be like you have a part-time tech that's like super creative, right? Maybe they love design or something like that get them to work on your, your social media. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they love being a tech, but they also love this other thing. Right. And it just gives them an opportunity. Like you said, it gives mm-hmm. them more purpose. It, it just mm-hmm. allows them to be themselves. Right. And if you can do this with the team, right. In some ways, you're just gonna, you're going to have happier staff. There's just going to be less turnover. Um, so like leaders in meetings. So Um, how do we facilitate meetings you know we highly recommend grounding and then checking in and checking out at the end of every meeting so we talked about grounding but like we have that grounding meditation that you can check out but like there are tons of meditation apps out there so you, you do a Google or not a Google, but insight timer search, for example, on grounding, you'll find thousands of them. Right. But just having some grounding uh, before now, this is opt in. Right. So they like so they have to opt in like so you don't you can't force people to meditate. Right. Like can't force people to do mo- yoga. But. You can open up the opportunity Mm -hmm. so that people like and that there are some that just don't want to do it. They just sit and they wait. Right. We ask they sit quietly Mm -hmm. um, while the others are doing it. Right. But when when people are implementing a grounding and then a check in and check out system in meetings, it can literally reduce meeting times by like 30 percent. Like how many meetings are you having and what would that 30 percent reduction do for you? You know, if you are rushed, you know, you cut the content. But not the grounding, or not, and not the check in and check out. Um,
1: yeah, I mean a grounding can just be a minute. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah, to, totally. enough just to like sit, take yes. a breath, feel your feet on the floor, and move it on, you know. Yep. Um, yep. and yeah, the checking yep. in, checking out, like we definitely found yep. with that that um, you know, we even got some feedback. Like I feel awkward. I felt really awkward starting that <laughs> yeah. with my team. It was really, right. it was really weird. It, it was a little. Little, I don't know. It just, it, it just, it was different. It's not something that we're used to. Right. And um, so but the check in and check out, it did like if if um you could kind of like read the I don't know, read the temperature in the yeah. room a bit, mm-hmm. and then I could kind of on the fly manipulate the material that I was going to present. Correct. Or you know, I had this big thing I was going to announce that really awesome, great idea, but it's going to mean a lot of change and policy change. You know. You know, th- there's a lot of people, you know, that maybe aren't quite feeling it today, right. had some tough times. Like, maybe I'm going
0: to we'll table that, that for next. Time. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so, like, just just checking in, like, you'll be surprised at what you hear, too, right? Like, uh, what people are bringing to the table, right? And how that is affecting them. Um, oh, so, it's, kind of helps that, again, it's not it's that they have to
1: share no, their personal feelings. They, they feel, don't at no, all. It's no. like, you know, I'm able, I'm here, I'm able to completely focus, yes. or I'm having oh, a diff- more difficult time, give right. me a minute to yep. respond kind of yep. thing. Yep. Um, and that did, it kind of helped create that open environment yep. as well.
0: Yeah, and, and so you can still do this virtually, you can still do this yep. over the phone, we can all still ground, we can all still check in and check out uh, wherever we are.
1: And right? I don't know like when, I know this isn't just going to live in times of pandemic. And <laughs> And I know I still often bring this up, but I do feel that this is one of the biggest things that helped at least me as a leader of a team, as a business owner, to kind of keep an eye on my staff in the sense of like, who's mm. doing okay? Right. Um, because I, you know, if if people would check in as red, two or three meetings in a row, I would personally check in with them. Hey, how can I help? You know, right. what do you need from right. me? You know, how, you know, um, I'm here to, to listen, but especially when we went or because we were in home, in person a kind of agency, virtual and telehealth were completely new to us. Zoom meetings were new to us, as I'm sure they probably were to a lot of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, And this was like really one of the biggest keys that helped get us through that is because we had already implemented. It was really shaky and new and awkward, but we'd implemented the grounding and checking in and checking out prior to starting virtual. And um, so that really staying solid in that through all of our virtual meetings and team meetings and trainings and whatnot. Really, I think, help to kind of. Because it's, it's just a little different on a virtual yeah. versus
0: face to face, too, right? Yeah, you can't. And then another big thing for leaders, you know, if you can, right, try not to come into the room solving things, right? We want to hear. Mm-hmm ideas in the room and and some i i don't remember who told me this but it's listen to learn not to confirm so we want to listen and actually listen <laughs> and we're not here thinking oh i know how to fix this already and these other people in the room are really i don't know they just need to listen to me mm-hmm. right No, we want mm-hmm. to see other people's perspectives and be open to them and maybe changing our ideas of what a solution actually is so uh, trying to listen to learn not to confirm and again i will tell you if you have a good uh, grounding practice in place and then you do the check-in and you're like you know we we're not really getting into the check-in today um and if more people want to learn about the check-in mm-hmm. we can totally do one on this but like If you yourself notice you're red, so red being I'm here physically, but the rest of me is somewhere else, uh, then then maybe you're not here to listen. Right. Maybe maybe you are here to confirm your own your own solution. And so that in itself can be very helpful. Uh, when you're in these meetings to say, ah, you know what, I can see that, right? And I'm not totally open to hearing others, right? And so then again, we're trying to stay compassionate and curiosity, really important. Compassion means that there are are boundaries, right? And curiosity meaning that we can question, um, uh, uh, we can ask questions uh, to find out the answer. So understanding that some staff um, may have problems with sharing in meetings. Um, Again, we're trying to promote a safe work environment and and this will open that up, right? So team members that that may not feel like they can share an idea, you will see that 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 starts to shift as the environment changes Um, And there is that trust built. And then another question that I like to ask myself um, and ask leaders as they're going through this process, um, if no one disagrees with the solution that you are are suggesting, that may not be a good idea, right? Like that, that may be a warning sign. So things to ask yourself during the meeting is what do you think? Um, and are we focused on the, the real issue? So have we gone off track? Right? Are we Are we really focused on what we came here today to discuss?
1: Or it may mean you have a fabulous idea. It
0: may <laughs> mean you have a fabulous idea. But if ninety five percent of the meetings, your idea is the only idea, then you may have a problem. Yeah, yeah you, you may, may have need to
1: start. You, may, you may getting curious yes, about that. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> And then other trainings that you should consider, right? Focus training. So this meditation, right? Bias training, emotional response training, selfless leadership training, compassion training, all of these you can find on Google, right? There are many great places to find this type of training, but this can help the team as well. And then we're going to get into just a little bit. If you are at all interested in our mindfulness program and setting it up, Uh, We do this with very select groups. You really have to again, your leadership team has to be on board with this. So we'll set up a meeting. We can talk about it, but it's really important that we move forward. So, you know, if you're thinking, yeah, I want to try this, you know, maybe start a a meditation practice, that's totally fine. But our system, you know, we need leadership on board. We're going to work with you to find those kindness uh, disruptors. We're going to work with you to find team curiosity, right? And, and so, you know, this this is not just a small little project. Right. One thing that we have found uh, when you're instituting a mindfulness program, we don't want this to be another thing. It's right. not a mindfulness thing over here in the corner. We are going to embed this into the company right from the top all the way down and from the all the way to, at the bottom to the top. Right. And so when we implement this, it, it's going to change the culture of your company. And it's, it's not, sometimes it cannot, it, it may not be an easy thing to implement. So it, it is going to take some time, right? You know, seven fifty dollars is, is the setup cost, which includes three hours of consultation with your leadership group and helping you, like I said, find those kindness disrupt, disruptors and that team curiosity that's going to implement this program. And then it's $75 a month for groups of up to 25 employees. And then if you have more than that, it's $2 a month for every additional employee. We also have consultation and we can have actual dedicated meditators uh, that can join your group and just have guided meditations specific to your group. Now, this is an additional cost, but if that's something that you're looking for, we can absolutely help you with that. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to learn more about 3 Pi Squared and the products and services that we provide, please go to www.3piesquared.com. And if you enjoy our podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe or add it to your favorites. This way you won't miss any episodes. And you can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching 3 Pi Squared. Thank you so much for listening.